Ruby, stop licking my leg, please. No, Ruby. You do this every time. Ruby, that's a no-no. Go lay down, please. <laughs> she's a naughty dog. All right, No, all right. she's a good dog. Welcome back, you guys, for episode number 10 of the... 10! Oh my god, I just realized it's 10. Yes, episode number 10 of the Don't Do Stupid Shit podcast. That feels like a big number. It is. 10 episodes, that's two and a half months. We're into double digits. Yes, yes we are. Ruby, again, please stop licking my leg. Sit down, Ruby. For those of you listening or watching, our dogs are here again, our little mutts. (laughs) little babies but they're um they're hanging out down here this time they're a little too uh i don't know they kept licking my leg which i guess she's gonna do either way but (laughs) it got kind of obnoxious so i didn't want them sitting up here with us they've been sent to the floor yes they've been exiled (laughs) to the floor but allowed up on the couch this time yeah so today i think me and mom wanted to talk about um a little bit of our our uh, our uh, criminal history. <laughs> criminal history. Jesus. Our our lives as Joshua? outlaws. That feels extreme. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe for you. <laughs> it's not <laughs> really extreme true. for me, I guess. But you have a little one. Just I, a little. I got a little a little baby 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 <laughs> rap sheet. <laughs> I do a little baby. Mine's even. You got an infant rap sheet. <laughs> yeah, very very little. But no, we thought it would be funny to kind of talk about our different experiences, kind of getting into trouble growing up and maybe what caused our choices. Mm. Um, I mean, we were just laughing, talking about it, but I I brought up the idea of doing this as an episode and she was trying to argue with me that like she got into just as much trouble as me. And I was like, mom, you did not get in just as much trouble as me. But but you have to frame it in the context of the two growing ups that we had. In my world of growing up, I was for sure the bad kid and the kid that was getting in trouble all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, and Josh that's was accurate. also getting in trouble all the time. I was I'm not going to call him a bad kid because I don't believe that. But that's what people called me. Yeah, I got called a bad kid all the time. I don't think I was a bad kid either, but I just. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I just had a lot of frustration and yeah, different. A lot of things that were happening in life that mm-hmm. were underneath those choices. Right. Which right. was the same for me. But it's funny how people label you and how you grow up with those labels. And when you can, like when we were comparing notes, um, the things that were getting me sent to the principal's office in my high school years were passing notes, passing a note that said this girl looked like she was pregnant. And yeah. the things that were getting just sent to were, the office. I mean, it was anything from fighting to stealing classmates' cars and going off campus <laughs> to all sorts of dumb not stuff. Not exactly but the same. Yeah, not, not the same thing, but we were both <laughs> labeled the bad kid. We were the bad kids. We were we were the kids that other kids' parents were like, "Oh no, I don't think you should go over to their house." Yeah. Or 
you know, yeah. whatever. But I was definitely the kid that wasn't invited to birthday parties. I remember that for sure. Birthday parties. The That's girls, foul. Yeah, because the girls, I well, and let's talk about that. We're not talking about a school where you had 100 people in your grade. We're talking about a school where there was like 24, maybe. So if you weren't invited to the birthday party, that's, mean, that's, you absolutely knew it. Yeah, that's that's rough. I'm not going to lie. That's <laughs> that's pretty bad. It was rough. But I was the kid that was from a divorced family. Mm-hmm. Um, none of my friends were from, not, most of the kids in my class were not from a divorced family. A couple were. But I was from the divorced family. And, um, and I learned pretty quickly after trying to run away from that school, which was definitely <laughs> something I tried in first grade. Um, that my way of survival in that was going to be to be mouthy yeah, and to talk back and to be vocal because I couldn't run away. So wait, so, okay. In a lot of trouble. I got something for us. Yeah. Let's think about when was the first time you can recall getting into like, like trouble outside of home? like in school or maybe with like a friend's parents or law enforcement, whatever it yeah. may be. Okay. So I remember my first time, I'll, I'll say two, cause one, we were living when, when I was four, my mom and I, my mom had gotten divorced. And so we moved from North Dakota to um, Seattle, Washington, where my mom's brother and sister lived and they had two girls And we moved in with them. My mom was a young single mom. She had me at 19. So she was only 23. She was Mm -hmm. close to your age. Um, And so we moved in with my aunt and uncle. And I remember the first time I really recall getting like, like spanked was my uncle. He spanked me. I'm pretty certain he used a belt and me and my two cousins we all got spanked. Apparently we got into a fight. Now I have no idea what that was over and why it deserved corporal punishment. (laughs) Corporal punishment. (laughs) But apparently that's what it did. That's what it deserved. So I was probably five. I'm guessing by then, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe four. Um, and then the next time I really remember was, Um, it had, I had to have been in kindergarten, so probably five then. So it was probably four and five. Um, the school that I went to believed in corporal punishment and we had a wood paddle. It was also a different time. Like it was definitely a different time. And again, like we've talked, this was a cult. So don't, don't, (laughs) don't even mix words here. Everything that I'm saying was unacceptable. So I'm not even saying this was like just yeah. a different time and just kind of how things were done. No, no, no. This was definitely beyond um, the limits of what anything should have been. But yeah. we had a wood paddle that was probably this long Sheesh. and about this wide and it had 18 holes in it. And that's what they would spank us with. And oh. I got sent to the principal's office for something, probably after I tried to run away, maybe before I tried to run away. <laughs> And I got spanked with that. And then in first grade, I got spanked with that every day. Every day I got in trouble for something that they that was allowed to be Your ass spanked. must have been bright red. Well, what I learned <laughs> is in second grade, I started trying to pad. I would say I had to go to the bathroom first. And throw toilet paper and on your... <laughs> in my 
in my underwear. I remember. I had to pad myself. You guys yes. had a paddle. And we had a spoon, a wooden spoon. A spoon and who? Which one was it, Addie, that threw it out the window? On we were on a road trip, and one of us, one of us, yeah. found the paddle and threw it out the window along the way. And you guys turned around and went back and got it. I think Addie's also the one that wrote on it: "Be gentle, God." <laughs> God. Oh, so good. I will say this. Um, you guys got spanked. It didn't happen a lot. No, we did not. You, yeah, you it guys wasn't were not super frequent. We tried to find ways. I at least my recollection. Now, God help me. I'm probably. You guys probably have it different, but. I would say I would say there's a lot more like. Like scolding in. The form of like like verbal than That's there ever was right. like. Like physical, like yeah, you guys weren't I, using a belt to fucking no, spank us. I or, didn't like the physical discipline, but that's what I'd grown up being. I think that how you did right, it, and, and I, I think that had to do with a lot of it. like how you guys grew up as well, yeah, like experiencing sure. that quite a bit. But I'm trying to think. The first time I remember getting into like, like I mean, <laughs> you you probably remember better than I do, but I was in the principal's office in elementary school all the time, wasn't I? Oh, kindergarten. Yeah, Your like principal had us on speed dial. That was yeah, basically was, it. But we asked for that. We told him we wanted to be involved and we didn't want the school in the in um we wanted to be involved in the discipline and training of your life. And again, that stemmed from what I grew up in. I didn't want the school having the ultimate power in disciplining uh, you without my awareness cuz a lot of times that's what had happened with me. The first the first Big amount of trouble I remember getting into was the the cap gun. Principal Williams, isn't that who it was? Yeah, I think At so. At Oak Heights, yeah. Was it Oak Heights? It was Oak Heights. Yeah. And I got like. Did you bring a cap gun to school? Yeah, remember you guys got me the cap gun. That's what led oh, to the God. whole like expulsion or whatever, like me leaving that school. Oh well. Wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. Because no, that had to do with the teacher, but that was years. that was a big part though. I remember I like brought a cap gun to school and oh gosh, I got it for my birthday or something, and I, <laughs> I was trying to show it off and oh yeah. I mean, you bring a cap gun to school, it's probably <laughs> <laughs> gonna be. Trust me, I wasn't uh, I wasn't planning anything like you know no. foul, but I I thought it was you so cool was and cool. I I was trying to show yeah. my friends, but one of these little fuckers snitched. And then, and then, that that uh, was no bueno. But that would have been what would have that been then, Josh? Second grade, right? Second or third grade? I think it was second. Ended yeah. up moving schools, and then. Well, no, we moved schools the following year, but we no, I know it was in the it was spring of that grade. year. That fourth I remember grade. that teacher. You you had a good experience through kindergarten and first grade at that school, and your principal was awesome, and he knew we were very involved, and you know that we. We knew the type of kid you were. And I remember going into each year, we would meet with the teachers and I would say, look, this kid is going to respond to whatever you set out in front of him. So if you treat him like he's a bad kid, he's going to be the worst kid you have in your class. If that's your expectation, he is going to deliver. Yeah. And that one teacher thought I was just a bad kid. Yeah. And she treated you that way and it went south. And, and I and just was so bad. And I havoc. warned her. And we also told her at the beginning, like, 
if things start feeling like they're out of control, have him call us. Every teacher had done that. They would send you to the phone at their desk and say, call your dad. And that scared you more than anything. That would keep you in line. (laughs) Um, But she, for some reason, thought she knew better. And she didn't think she needed our advice, which is an issue I have with a lot of times with teachers at schools and schools in general, especially yeah, I mean, I can't label it just public schools because it it's also private schools, but they think they know what's best for you. And I get that they deal with parents a lot of times who are not very involved in their kids' lives. Yeah, but we every, were very involved. Every kid's we different. Clear. And every kid is different, but we were clear that the best way to deal with the struggles that would come would be, one, to set the expectation that, that she knew you were a good kid and expected you to live up to that. And that if you were behaving in a way that was not acceptable, to put you on the phone with us. And that's generally all it took. And every other teacher so far had been cool with that. The principal had been good with that. Um, but this this lady felt like she knew what was best and carried around a lot of judgment about what a parent was supposed to be, even though she wasn't a parent herself. I think she was pregnant that year. She got pregnant that year. Probably. Yeah, she probably was regretting. She probably choice. knows now. <laughs> I hope she She's does. She's like, oh, fuck. That's kind of how life circles around. But yeah, she. we ended up pulling you out in the spring, and um, I made her prepare packets for you for home to do for school, which made her job harder. But she was not willing to be a partner in the situation. And so we finished off that year and then you went into third grade at that same school. And I remember meeting with your teacher at the beginning of third grade. And she said, I was warned that he was a difficult kid and that was going to be a problem. And he goes, I have seen nothing like that. She goes, I took your words. Cause again, I wrote a Fuck, letter. To I her. remember her. What was her name? She was, she was an older lady yes. with short black hair. And she was awesome. She said, I read what you wrote me and I took it to heart. And from the minute he came into my class, I saw his softness and I, I drew that out. And that's what I focused on. And he's been a joy to have in class. I remember she was, so, she was sweet. She was yeah. I, like, if I remember that school at all, like, that's the face I remember yeah, was her. You had a great and, year. And the principal. And the principal, yeah. He was fantastic. Mr. Williams. Yeah, you had a great year that year. He, he was cool grade. people. He knew I was just a little fuckhead. And, like, he was he was always <laughs> cool with me, though. I don't know. But I really you started. You know what he like, used to tell me about you? And huh. it, he would tell your dad and I, which was absolutely the truth. He said, I've never had a student as honest as Josh. He goes, it never fails. He comes into my office and I'd say, Joshua, did you do this? And he'd go, yep, I did. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, most kids will lie. And he goes, not your son. He just owns it. He just cops right to it and he tells the truth. And that's. That changed over time a little bit. Well, you started learning that the consequences started getting larger the older you got if you cop to the truth. You still tried it. You tried it in high school. With baseball, and it didn't work out so well for you with your coach that year. Being honest about your struggles that year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother story. I mean, I did have a good conversation with him. Like there, there's a lot of pieces to that, but but that's the thing is, as we get older, sometimes society and the world around us doesn't respond to honesty the way that they should, right? I don't even think it's. I, I think it's more like. Now, it's like I just don't say shit because I'm dealing with the cops instead. So it's like you just well because the system, zip tie your mouth. Again, because the system isn't set up to reward honesty. 
it isn't. And yeah. that's that's what there's some cops that are cool. Okay, us. I take I take it back. There's a couple cops that I've met that are cool. I you know, you know exactly who they are. Buffalo mm-hmm. High School. Yep. Freaking Stevie's too. Yeah. Officer Stevie's. You yeah, were G, you were Officer cool. Stevie. I mean, that's an interesting story because I knew him growing up. Yeah, that is kind of funny. And he went to the same cult church and the, the cult school 2.0 that was in Kirkland. And he was the bad kid. And so there. did the SRO at Bothell, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garrett. Yeah. Officer Ware. Yeah. Yeah, they both grew up in that same... I doubt they'll ever hear this, but shout out Officer Ware and shout out Officer Stevies. You guys were... Yeah, thank you, you guys. You you were cool people. And I was older than you, but you made a difference in this kid's life. I would say Officer Ware, Officer Ware, you were the first, like, police officer that I was ever like, this dude actually kind of cares. Like, he's actually, he's a good guy. Like, he, he, yeah, you, you, you cut me some slack a few times, so... Yeah. I appreciate that. I and mean, I, I honestly learned my lesson from those experiences, like, far more than I did ever, like, dealing with the other cops and shit. Like, yeah. Like, because you actually, like, took the time to, like, talk to me about it or this and that. Yeah. Well, they had grown up in some really um, awful situations as well. And they knew what it meant to um, struggle through some of the same stuff. And they knew where your mom had come from and... Um, there's a couple situations that I really got cut a break. Like I'm not gonna you've speak been cut too much. A lot of breaks. No, I'm so. talking about with them specifically. Like I'm not gonna like say specifically what they were because oh, nobody don't, needs don't to get, get in fired. trouble or anything like that. <laughs> but but yeah, y'all y'all were y'all were good people. But the, I, I think the point is what I was getting at, and there are people I know that watch this podcast who do know them. And our communicate with them still to this day. So if you pass it on, pass it on. I'll say this. Um, from my understanding, Officer Stevie and Officer Ware both showed wisdom and understanding and a recognition that <clears throat> we make choices and there's a lot behind it. And there's times when that deserves a break. And there's times when discipline is the best option. And mm-hmm. I think that is what made them, and hopefully to this day, amazing police officers, the the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, Officer Ware's the only person I've ever gone that. back and visited at a high school since I've graduated. I went back the year after and the yeah. second year after graduating to go try to see yeah. him. But I don't even think there's SROs anymore, are there? I'm pretty sure I mean, all that shit got canceled. Honestly, I hope not because I think that's I think that's one of the poorest decisions that was ever made as beginning to well, I think police our schools in that way, not from a safety standpoint. Yeah, it should from, only be for safety in yeah, my opinion. It, it definitely became a way of criminalizing youth. When I grew up, those experiences that happened in your youth were the 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 bed of learning and you weren't you know, faced with criminal charges because you were stupid and you did something dumb because you didn't know. And you guys were facing that kind of stuff from the time you were like in junior high. You know, technology yeah. reshaped the game for what for you guys sure. had to experience and for what you sure. had to deal with and being um, developing brains and being young and not knowing you guys engaged in criminal behavior without realizing it was criminal behavior. And no, I mean, sometimes we, well, okay, <laughs> we yes. knew it was criminal behavior. Yeah, but, but there was things that, 
again... There were outliers, though. I think what you would... I guess maybe what I am getting at is that you didn't know the weight that would carry with the decisions you were making. Yeah, that's because fair. you didn't have the emotional maturity and the mental development to see that. I would agree with and that. And that is a setup for disaster when you're allowing that to become criminal in nature amongst youth. Man, I started getting into the most trouble when I was in probably junior high. Probably. Junior high is a rough time. That's when I that's when I really started doing dumb shit. And I also think I got a little more Thinking about my junior high. A little oh more aware God. of like what was going around around me. Like, yeah. While I was kind of acting out. For sure. And junior then high, high school, high school was just a fucking shit show. My junior high, I got expelled and then taken to some people in Everett at a church to have the demons cast out of me. For what? What'd you do? Fighting with your older sister's father dad in the middle of class we got in this massive verbal back and forth fight and they expelled me for it and they told my parents i couldn't be let back into the school until they took me to somebody to cast <laughs> the demons out you had an exorcism <laughs> would you strap you down to the table and no, hold the I fucking cross sit. over no, you <laughs> i had to sit in this room with these strangers who were basically like... Demon, you are not welcome. They were like calling out like all these, like the demon of rebellion and all this kind of stuff. And then they were asking me what I was seeing when my eyes were closed. And I was telling them like I was seeing colors. I mean, come on, everybody. Close your eyes right now. Like, tell me what you see behind your lids. You probably see flashes of colors and weird lights and spots uh, like everybody does. But apparently those were signs of the demons that were... (laughs) (laughs) that were engaging with me at the time. And so my parents did this. They took me to this. And then I finally got let back in the school. That would have been eighth grade. And then really come freshman year, I just was determined to get the fuck out of that school and graduate. I never, I never got a formal punishment like that. My punishment was like, of course you getting suspended all the time. And then it got to a point where I was getting suspended too much. They started doing the in-school suspension. That was some fucking bullshit. That was better. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Well, I think... Oh. oh hi, guys. Dogs are um, barking. I think in-school suspension is worse than at home. Don't you think? Hell no. Oh, yeah, it's yes, worse. That's yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. That's I thought you meant it's better. No, it was way worse. Effective. No, that was garbage. I never wanted to get suspended after that because I was... <laughs> But I still got to. <laughs> yeah, that so. was that was nonsense. They'd have me sit in this little fucking room the whole time, and I think I got to a point where like I found out a way to like ask for a laptop, saying I had to do homework on it, and I'd just play like cool math games. <laughs> of course you would. And just mess around, yeah. watch YouTube videos. But they called that detention yeah. back in my day. We we had to do that like after hours. No, I guess I did get, like, told I had to sit in the office for hours at a time. I will say my sophomore year, I got kicked out of math class almost every day. I was in algebra, and I it was algebra, too, by then, my sophomore year, and I hate algebra. It does not make sense to my brain, and my math teacher had zero tolerance for me and my questions because mm. my questions were like, why? Why is that? What's the, Why is that the answer? Explain it to me. And he 
had no desire to engage in that conversation. So about 10 minutes into every class, he would be like, Tina, go sit in the hall. And I'd be like, seriously, like, how am I supposed to learn math this way? And then I would go sit in the hall for the entire period. Mm-hmm. That was pretty consistent. How many times have you been arrested once? Yes, Josh, I've been arrested one time. Yeah, so should you want me to tell my story? Yeah, tell him. All right. So at the age of 19, um, with my with his older sister, I moved out on my own. And I lived in the basement of a house. And there was these um, two girls that lived upstairs. And one of them befriended me. They both did, but one really did. And um, they told me how to get a fake ID. I was going to California to hang out with my cousin and um, two of my cousins. And then one of my cousins had a couple friends. They were in the Marines. And so we were all meeting up in LA and we were going to go party for the weekend. And so I needed a fake ID. So they told me like, this is how you get a fake ID. You memorize this girl, the other girl that lived upstairs, you memorize her information. She had a passport from when she was a little kid that I looked sort of similar to not a ton, but sort of similar. Um, this girl was way heavier than me. And I was pretty thin at the time. And so they oh, said, you're just given all the details. huh? Yeah. So they said, I just want everybody to know not what not to do. That's why I'm here. Okay. <laughs> so you memorize all the information. You go into the DMV and you tell them you lost your license. And you basically talk your way into them giving you a replacement license using this old passport and then memorizing this person's information. And when they ask you about the weight issue, you just say you lost a lot of weight. So I did that. And I was really good at convincing this lady i am pretty good so you got a you got a license i got a driver's license a real driver's license my picture this girl's information would you accidentally hand it to a cop or something no 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 tried to get it i used it it works perfect it was real it's authentic i come home this girl upstairs is dating a guy and i find out they're selling drugs out of the upstairs well i have a daughter if i get caught up in this they're taking my daughter away from me so I tell her she can't have any contact with me anymore. If he's going to be dealing drugs out of the upstairs, um, I want nothing to do with them. And she goes on a vengeful mission and they report me for stealing this girl's identity. So the police officer <laughs> shows up to my house and says, what a I bitch. have a warrant for your arrest. And I'm like, for what? And she says, um, felony fraud impersonation. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so she was a female cop. So I proceed to explain to her that I'm a single mom and I have my daughter and I got into it with these guys upstairs because she's selling drugs out of the house. So she doesn't arrest me. She was supposed to, but she doesn't because she knows they're going to have to take my kid, put her in state custody. So I move out of this place that week, go home to my parents. Um, the girls, I came back to the house a week later to get my mail. They had filed a restraining order. Apparently, I didn't know about yet, hadn't been served with. And so they reported me as violating the restraining order. So now I had a violation on a restraining order. So I'm going nice. to court for both of these issues. Well, apparently they were sending my some of my court stuff for the felony fraud to the old address, which I clearly was never getting. They were just throwing it away. They were just throwing it away. Mind you, I'm still showing up to court for the other issue. So I'm in and out of the same court for the other issue. Well, the state seems to think they can't find me. They issue a bench warrant. I'm at my parents' house 
And in the middle of the night, and my parents live at the end of a cul-de-sac. My aunt and uncle live across the street. The two other houses are people that went to this cult church growing up. Um, it's at a dead end. In the middle of the night, um, they swatted our house, surrounded the house, every door, um, came up. My dad answered the door in the middle of the night. They asked for me. I step out in a t-shirt and shorts and they arrest me. And then they drove me around for hours. Drove and, you around Yeah, for hours. they kept me in the back of the car for like three hours and then brought me down hmm. to King County in downtown Seattle. And my dad bailed me out. Um, but that was my arrest story. Nice. So I worked my way out of that. A year later, a judge ended up like basically dismissing it, doing yes. like a deferred whatever, because he was like, what did you get, a fake ID? And I was like, yeah, apparently, but not the right way. <laughs> mm. So that's nice. it. So felony fraud is what it's called when you get a fake ID that's actually a real ID. And I learned that the hard Identity way. theft? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think I've been arrested. Well, like seven times. No, maybe let's not do all that on video. You've had a few encounters. Is <laughs> it? Can't be that many. Yeah, it is. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, I, we I don't condone know. that behavior. Yeah, a lot of it was just stupid. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I do think some of that is different, though, for guys. I think there's, well, I think you guys get arrested quicker than maybe women do for things. Maybe. Yeah, it feels like like they're quicker to arrest men than they are to arrest women. Um, well, I mean, it, it kind of... I don't say that's not fair. I think that's probably fair. It kind of piles on, too. Well, it does. Like, once, once you, you got a couple, some, once you got yeah, a... Uh, then, they, then it's like they see what you got going exactly, on. Exactly, and, and they have they have less and less shits to give about not arresting you. Yeah. They're going to arrest you, even if it seems like it's something small. Yeah. Um, because you're in your eye, in, I mean, in their eyes, you're, you're a troublemaker, and you're escalating that trouble, which is a sign of problems to come. So in all fairness, it makes sense that the more trouble you, you know, continue to get in, the quicker they are to um, arrest you because nobody wants that. And unfortunately, but I mean, obviously I'm grateful. I've gotten cut a lot of breaks, in my opinion, because of fucking white privilege. And That's true. That's real. Like, Very much. Like, and I mean, middle, I've had, and middle class privilege. And middle, like, I've had a lot of friends that have done similar, if not lesser, like, you know, things and have dealt with more severe consequences. I'm pretty confident just because they're not white and don't have. For sure. Well, as and then let's privilege. talk about, let's talk about the resources. Our system is set up that the more money you have to throw at the legal system, the better your outcome is going to be which means that the more access to money, um, the less likely you are to um, get in as significant trouble as maybe a counterpart who doesn't have the same access. The whole system's just fucked. Yeah, so I would agree. We can, I'm sure there's a lot of people that will think differently, but I think it's a broken system for sure. And I don't think that it's a system 
that is set up to see people actually be rehabilitated and actually get the help that they need to make significant changes in their life and be a um, healthy citizen in society. I think it's a, it's a system that's set up um, to capitalize on money and the way that it works. And it's, it definitely is not a system that's set up to benefit people of color um, we've talked about that a lot Hell and I've no. talked about that a lot with your friends. I, I would tell Josh and his friends growing up, um, and the majority of Josh's friends, um, have an ethnic diversity that isn't white. And they, I would tell them all the time, you have to be smart enough to be smarter than the system that's set up against you. Because I do really believe that the system is set up against them. For sure. And it's not there to support them and it's not there to see them do better. No. And, and it isn't for anybody, but particularly there is a bent towards um, the scales of justice not being weighted in the favor of people of color. Yeah. Yeah. And that's think, really not okay. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. I think outside of like, it's like obviously there's... That's not even a good enough word and I want to be clear on that. It's not unfortunate. It's wrong. It's flat out wrong. Yeah, it's and I'm up. not going to try to minimize it by saying it's unfortunate. That's bullshit. It's absolutely wrong. It's a mistreatment of humans. It's a mistreatment of um, people. It, it's, it's disgusting. I, there's no support I can say that I have for the foundation of that system. Mm-hmm. There are things in the system that do work and can work when you meet up with the right people that are trying to use it for good, but the system itself is broken. I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting into like my legal trouble too much or anything because I'm, it's not necessary. I'm, when you're I'm still young. I'm still young. Right. So I still got a lot of opportunities <laughs> That there's no reason for me to be trying to out myself. No. That's just, yeah. I'm 46. I can talk about it now. It's so far in my I'm past. Not trying to, I'm not trying to dry snitch on myself. <laughs> oh, cat. Oh, God. I will tell you this, Josh. I, I think I was in my late 20s when I tried to apply to be a, like a correction officer, a police officer. How the fuck would you ever want to do that? I don't know. I'm an Enneagram too, which is the helper. So any job that seems like it has a premise in helping people always spoke to me. And so in my search to find purpose and meaning and where would I be able to help people, that those are jobs that come up. I mean, I started out thinking I was going to be a doctor and then like, you know, so that's where I fit into the spectrum of life and trying to find purpose. But the point is, is that I, I tried for the correction officer, and I can tell you that my um, fraud charge was held against me, nice. even though it had been deferred and dismissed. Nice. They still said no. Um, and then the police officer route, I made it through several phases of that. Um, but when I walked in for one of the things, I heard overheard the police officers in Bothell saying, freeze. Yeah, do you guys see this? Freeze. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if this was like the freeze we all know, the J freeze? <laughs> Which is my husband. Nice. And Joshua's dad. 
So right there and then I knew that I wouldn't make it through those final phases of being a police officer simply because of my proximity. So these are the things that choices have ripple effects and consequences far well, beyond what we ever can imagine. I mean, that's like Jada getting into high school and yeah, them all knowing me and just automatically yeah. casting judgment on my little sister who's just a doll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your little sister who's super easy and just loves to yeah, get she, along. and She's the most giving, loving yeah, person in the world. Yeah, she got set up by so many people because sorry, they Jada. were prejudging. Yeah, sorry, sorry Bugs. sis. Um, they were prejudging. But these are the things that really when you're in life and you start to Give yourself the chance to think about your choices in light of the potential consequences. I think this is like the main lesson you could take away yeah, from this, this is, is like how is. your choices affect those around you and other people. That's right. You're never living this journey yeah. with no impact on the people around you. It's impossible. Yeah. You're never going to be the sole benefactor of consequences yeah the soul the soul bearer of the consequences you won't other people will suffer the consequences with you because that is how life works and you cannot escape it and so the more you wrap your brain around that and use that as a tool when you're making decisions and when you're thinking pre-thinking through what you would do in situations because here's the thing i did learn this in life if you wait to the moment to make the decision that's too late Mm -hmm. You have to think ahead of time. If I ever find myself in this position, what am I going to do? How am I going to react? Um, I face this all the time on the plane because people get under my skin all the time. And I want to just rip people up when they're complete assholes. But I have to pre-think how I'm going to respond in that moment. And I know that in that moment, if I respond that way, I have the potential to lose my job that then affects these guys and then you know, it has this vast, big impact. And so I have to preset my mind to when I encounter certain things, I'm just not going to respond. Well, every every choice way. I've made that's uh, anything from crashing your guys' cars to you guys having to, like, help bear some of the financial weight of, like, the choices I've yeah. made to car getting shot up to freaking whatever, like... Lawyer's fees. Lawyer's fees, all of that. <laughs> so like, plenty of those. The, the emotional stress that, you know, you yeah. guys have bared because of the, the choices I've made. Like, we talked about in one of the first episodes, like, how distraught you guys were, like, yeah. trying to figure out where I was the first time I got Right? The material booked. consequences are probably, seem at the time, maybe, like, they're the biggest impact. And in reality, they're really the least. Yeah. Because it's the long-term emotional consequences and it's the forward consequences. We've talked about that with you guys growing up and your dad, you know, your dad got into trouble at your age and he had to deal and bear the consequences of that. And then he went on to be and is a great upstanding citizen and makes, owns a business and is kind and generous and giving and has spent um, all of his years since then, you know, hardly even getting a ticket um, and he was denied the ability to be able to coach or go on um, yeah, field chaperone trips, for chaperone school, for school yeah. stuff. Um, and I guarantee you at the age of 19, when he was making the choices that led him to that trouble, 
his forward thinking never thought, huh, I wonder if someday I'm a dad and I'd like to go be a part of these things in my kids' lives. Would this keep me from that? Um, he was caught up in the moment, that pre, that forward thinking of consequences, the, the unseen consequences of what I always called them. And they're the ones that are going to keep coming yeah. as part of that lifelong journey. So, yeah. So for anybody listening, I mean, hopefully, you know, a lot of you guys already kind of know that, like how heavily maybe your choices impact those around you. But yeah, those of you that haven't, you know, necessarily thought about that or you know, just remember your choices don't always just affect you. They always have an impact on those around you. So, yeah, I think there's two things. I think that's one. Your choices are always going to impact other people. You will never be the sole bearer of your consequences. It's just not how life works. And two, I would say, try to think forward in your life of what you want your life to be. What do you dream mm. it to be? And use that to be the catalyst to help you make the choices now that will get you there. Yeah. And avoid That's the choices enough. that will keep you from that. And if you can think with that little bit longer term perspective into the future of what you would want, um, I think it can be a great deterrent from that temporary moment where you might act out and do something um, that maybe in the moment feels good, but isn't going to be the thing that's going to get you to those longer um, places you want to be in life. Yeah, that's like they always say, like, think first, act second, you know? Yeah. Versus. But you got to know what, first, well, what's your motivation, second. right? Like, what's motivating you to make the different choice? And if you won't give yourself a chance to dream and think about what you'd want for your future, then there's less motivation. And if you give yourself the opportunity to think about it in that long scope, you one have more motivation. And then if you can channel the relationships that matter to you in life and the desire not to hurt those, um, then you've got even more motivation. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Episode 10. I mean, I hope you guys laughed a little in this one and maybe learned something about us you didn't know. You know, if this podcast takes off, if the content, all that shit, and this turns into my full-time job, I'll give you guys another episode and break down all the dumb shit I actually did. <laughs> He needs some financial I know security I, first. I left you guys with a little bit of a, a cliffhanger, but... <laughs> but it's, it's a necessary cliffhanger. It's necessary right now. So That's true. Like I said, if this shit takes off and this turns into my full-time job, the content... We'll go deeper down the rabbit hole. We'll go deeper and I'll, I'll give you guys some, some funny stuff. But Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for episode 10. If yeah, you guys you enjoyed, guys. don't forget five stars yes please on apple spotify that helps us it's as so well as, easy just to click and do it it's right at the top yeah and then um and then youtube subscribe. make sure to subscribe drop a like on easy this video too. if you enjoyed it and drop a comment if you guys want to hear anything so enjoy your thursday yes i enjoy finally got thursday. it right yeah <laughs> enjoy your thursday and we will see you guys next yeah. week Deuce. see you again peace Thank you.